The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, Randy Robison invites you on a journey into the age of promise. You look at the Old Testament and there's, there's, it seems completely irrelevant to our lives today in, in, in so many ways, but the reality is it's, it's very relevant. If we understand it in the proper context, it gets weird if we take it out of context. Uncovering the glorious riches of our heritage of faith and the mysteries now revealed in Jesus that will deepen your relationship with the Father. so much for joining us and I have to say I'm a proud mama because James and I have our son Randy with us today to talk about his book that's just come out and you are going to be blessed. Well we had him on an earlier program and uh, everyone indicated they really enjoyed it. The book, The Age of Promise, Escape the Shadows of the Law and Live in the Light of Christ. So much of the Old Testament is really a, a shadow of the greatness to come when Christ the Messiah comes and fulfills so much of what people long for and hope for. And I think that he has taken the scriptures and, and brought a lot of understanding to people about things that sometimes people didn't understand. But where he's getting us in the age of promise is he's bringing us into the age when the promised one is here, the Messiah is here. And so much has been said in the Old Testament or referred to as being fulfilled before your eyes. And then the Lord wants us to make this, this kingdom that has come in us, he wants it to become real to people. And he wants the weight of that kingdom, the reality of it, the effect of it to make a kingdom imprint. And when you put the seal of God's presence, the seal and weight of his power, it makes an indelible imprint. And that is basically what Randy is talking about. And he's going to kind of emphasize one part today who told us before we came out, he's going to talk about what it means to actually uh, be priests and kings. You can take those to extremes and misapply them or misunderstand them or you can take them with understanding. We all have a priestly role because Christ is in us, the high priest. And I think he's going to expand on that a little bit. Would you welcome our son, Randy, uh, the author of The Age of Promise, back to life today. Always good to be back. And you, are you enjoying hosting with Sheila? Oh, yeah, we're, it's great. Uh, and it, it's nice because we've got, I've got Sheila there. I mean, it's Sheila Walsh, for crying out loud. All I have to do is show up, say hello and goodbye, and the rest takes care of itself. Well, so. she's, she's that good. Yeah, Sheila, she we love you, and thank you so much for being a, a boundless blessing everywhere you go. Okay, the age of promise. You have uh, always been a reader. You always tried to get your sisters to read, and they were very intelligent and read. They didn't read quite like you did. But it was your older sister that taught she you taught to read. She taught me to read. My sister she, taught she's me She's reading read, when he's so. four. We come, he's four years old. He's reading us the paper. It's crazy. So crazy stuff. But anyway, okay. So you've always liked to read. You've always recognized. I think. What I would say, I've been very impressed because uh, I make a pretty big impression. But you went way past the impressions that I might have made. I hope there were some positives. But you were, on, you were an explorer. I call myself a treasure hunter. And when I find treasure, which I do find it, and I so often find it in people, I want to share it because Christ is the treasure. So I find that and I share that. Well, you were doing the same thing. You, want, you were curious. You wanted answers. You researched. And then a lot of what you found... It, it, it came out in this book. 
Are you excited about what you think people are going to get out of it as they go through what you've written? I'm excited about what I got out of it. Uh, and, you know, a lot of my, my pressing, my digging is because it frustrates me when I feel like I don't understand something and I want to get at it and really understand it. And, you know, there's a lot of, you look at the Old Testament and there's, there's it seems completely irrelevant to our lives today in, in, in so many ways, but the reality is it's, it's very relevant. If we understand it in the proper context, it gets weird if we take it out of context. And we see that too. And it's like, why do people do that? You know, people quote the Old Testament and you go back up two verses and live by that verse, you know. So getting the context of the Old Testament is important. Here's what I found I'm looking at these 10 different things in the Old Testament, how they were transformed in Christ and how they impact our lives today when we understand them and apply them. And, and the, the one about the priesthood, it kind of surprised me that people gravitated to that one so much. I mean, I like them all because if I didn't like it, I didn't put it in the book. But people were like, yeah, you know, the priesthood thing. I thought, well, that's interesting because when I think of priests, I think of Catholics, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay. So it doesn't have a lot of bearing on my Protestant life. Mm -hmm. But when you get into the Old Testament and look at the priesthood, what it was and what it was intended to do, how it became so corrupt but that by the time Christ arrived, even the high priest was appointed by Rome. It was not even the, the bloodline as ordained by God. And there were thousands, there were over 10,000 priests when Jesus was around. Everybody was a priest in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus came and, and Paul says that he became the final high priest, the eternal high priest. He took that office away from man and it's his forever, not letting it go. Okay, so you think, so the priesthood's done. No, 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 no. This is where it gets exciting because what we find is that the priesthood established in the Old Testament now under the high priesthood of Christ enables us to be what Paul called a royal priesthood. He said that to believers. That was a big deal. That was a problem for the Jewish priests of the day because he was conferring this Old Testament honor onto a new set of believers. Believers was, who might even be Gentiles. <laughs> exactly, because the, the audience he was writing to when he said that was mixed of Jews and Gentiles. The point was faith, right? The point was not the blood of the people. The point was the blood of Christ, <laughs> right? So when we look at the priesthood now in this royal priesthood, this body of believers, we go, okay, what do we learn? And I looked at that and I thought, I realized there's a lot of very practical steps. And that's why that chapter has jumped out to a lot of people in the books. There, there are things that we can do that were laid down in the Old Testament that are the same but yet different, better, I will say, under Christ today as that royal priesthood. You touch on four of them, basically. You just name them off and then let's elaborate on a couple well, of them. So four very practical things I, I see straight out of the Old Testament into the New is that we can represent God. We can teach others. We can restore the fallen. And we can lead worship. Now, Which is not necessarily that, you know, praise. That's a very interesting. That was the first thing I thought when I heard just the phrase. Well, but it's sure. more than leading praise. It's, it's, it, it, it means greater than that. The, the connotation of that word worship. Well, and Paul says to present our, our bodies as a, a sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Yeah, a living sacrifice. What does he say? Which is your reasonable service. Your act of, yeah, your, your holy act of worship in another, in another passage. It, it ties service and worship together in the scripture. Mm -hmm. And one of the Old Testament facets of worship that 
translated into the practical day-to-day -day life of the priests was serving others, fulfilling the needs. And most of the priests in Christ's days were on that level of serving others. So when we look at service as an act of worship, it changes the idea of, of helping others. And it's not just going and doing something nice for somebody. It's that posture of bowing down to God, being humble, being willing to get on our knees for others, to help, you know. It's this whole humility and this servant attitude. It even goes to the giving of our money to help others. You know, the, the one tribe was pulled apart and then God set up the tithing system to make sure that they had an income so the other 11 tribes are giving so that the priests could perform their acts of worship and service. So when we start to see our lives today under Christ the high priest as priests in our service to others, it takes on a whole different meaning. It takes on a holy meaning. All the great things that happen, I think, even on this earth happen as a servant attitude where somebody's trying to find a way to benefit others, not just a way to make money or just meet a specific need, but actually to advance someone in a better way. It's, it's a servant heart that even makes us more successful in every area of life. Completely. I think a lot of people don't realize that. We no, think, think to, to be in ministry, you have to be doing something like maybe we're doing, or like you preaching to stadiums full of people. Mm -hmm. And that's all, that, that's your calling. But the calling to service, to helping others, is, is just as ordained by God as the, the call to stand up in front and of others and preach the gospel. Need. Yeah. yeah, when you talk about restoring the fallen, Randy, because we even when we wrap this program up here in a little while, we're going to be talking about that incredible mm -hmm. servanthood in the attitude of restoring people who are in desperate need. And Betty, you've you know now you've gone kind of the ends of the earth. You shared me with the world away from the family. The whole family did. I even sat and had little meetings that you're sharing, Dad, and I'm out here. And boy, I want you please understand. And by the way, I love the way you kept referring to the term understanding. If I didn't understand, understand, understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With all you're getting, get understanding. That's what wisdom is. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is not just getting instructions and knowing exactly what's right. It's understanding why that truth matters. That's what wisdom is. I understand. And the more you get understanding from God's point of view, the greater the wisdom, the greater the understanding. So you're on that, on that suit. But you, you've watched Randy on this journey. You see what he's doing, and, and we've gone all over the world restoring the, the fallen, mm -hmm. and the people who help us, they're doing the very same thing. So in a sense, they're fulfilling what Randy's talking about in priesthood, mm -hmm. even when they do that. Well, it, it excites me, though, to understand better what priesthood means mm -hmm. and what worship means. Oh, I mean, gosh. there's so many different ways you can worship mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. And it is through your service, a lot of it. It's not just going to church and singing right. some songs. My worship comes mostly to me when it's sometimes just being God, mm -hmm. you know, or if it's uh, some, someone I've reached out to. It makes a difference. Oh. That, that pleases me to know that's part of my worship going toward God. Well, and you should know that, that, that God has established that from the beginning that that's what you're to do. That's why it feels so right yeah. when you do it, because that's what God has set up. You know, you've gone all over the world with the mission teams, and you know the heartache because you've got two daughters. Uh, you know the, the grip of evil and how important it is that God break that, that we not crush the person trapped by it, but that we, we crush the teeth of the trap and the enemy's grip. 
but restoring the fallen. What, what do people need to hear and understand about okay. that, where they live with that, the, the, that This is aspect. interesting, because in order to restore the fallen, you have to know that they're fallen. And part of the priestly duty to teach others is to teach them truth, even to the point where the priest in the Old Testament would look at an animal and see if it had spots or blemishes, because an impure animal could not be taken into the temple. Well, what does that mean? We have to know the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And we have to be unafraid to say, you know what, that's, that's rotten. You know, that's not good. And you that offer will the destroy. Lord the best. You don't offer him the lame mm-hmm. and the blind. Mm-hmm. You offer him the best. And that's the same way with people understand when you're bringing the Lord the sacrifices of your life, you're bringing him your total life, not a piece of it or a day of it. But if you make that sacrifice really of praise, you're bringing all of it to him. It is, and it's also knowing, again, knowing the blemishes. They're, they're, the blem- God didn't disallow the, the sacrificial animals because he was biased against them. It, it has to do with purity. And if we want to walk a pure life and encourage others to walk in a pure life, we have to be able to say that is an impurity. That, that's a flaw, mm-hmm. and that needs to be dealt with before you move on with God. So... When we see people who are fallen, I want to get this verse right because this is huge. You've dealt with this your whole life. I've seen it like people on television haven't seen. I've seen it up hand. I've seen it behind the scenes. So in the book, I also talk about the difference between sin and in the Greek sense and trespass, where sin is a mistake or we didn't do something we should have or we didn't realize we did something wrong we did. A trespass is where someone knows something is wrong and does it anyway. There's a willing disobedience about a trespass, Mm -hmm. okay? So Paul says to the believers in Galatia, he says, even if a man is caught in any trespass, purposely doing something wrong, and he tells them what to do, but what would we typically do in the church with someone who is caught in a willing, disobedient trespass? We tend to rebuke, maybe kick them out. That kind of be a tendency of a lot of churches. That, that tends to be the reflexive thing. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. uh, man. Paul says to you who are spiritual, which is a first condition, <laughs> we have to be spiritual. He says, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Mm-hmm. Imagine all those who are caught in trespass, whether they're believers or they're just lost. If we work to restore them to a relationship with God in a spirit of gentleness, instead of screaming at them or casting them out or, or shaming them, them or just judging them, when you correct a child and call them be? stupid, dumb, can't do anything right, you've really set that child back. You haven't helped them. That's not gentleness. That's that's not teaching correctly. That's browbeating them, beating them down, and doing terrible damage to them, and probably more damage than the mistake they just made. So Here's the thing. That, that's an Old Testament precedent. You stone the one caught in mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. That, that is sort of the Old Testament way of thinking. So when Paul introduces this and says, no, you restore them in a spirit of gentleness, it was a pretty significant paradigm shift. And then he goes on and says, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So now we've got this Old Testament law that seemingly set against the New Testament law. But what Paul's saying is that this is the way of Christ. When someone's caught in a trespass, you work to restore them to their relationship with God. And in doing so, you fulfill the law. So the priestly duty, which in the Old Testament, there was a restoring of the fallen. 
And in the New Testament, I believe it's a calling. I mean, when someone is caught in a sin and they're in a bad shape, the, the, you know, the cops may show up, child protective services may show up, councils will show up. By golly, where are the Christians showing up? We should be going out to help these people and restore them. And one thing I love about the mission outreach of Rescue Life is that these are girls in prostitution. But not by choice. That, I mean, that's wrong. The whole system, I mean, it, it, there's so much Correct wrong going on over there. And we could just condemn it, but what are we trying to do? We are gently trying to go in and restore these people to a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. That is fulfilling the law, not the Old Testament law, which Christ fulfilled. We don't need to work to fulfill. It is fulfilling the law of Christ. It says you pointed out to one of our men's retreat when you use the reference of the woman caught in the act of adultery. Mm -hmm. That's pretty, it's caught, it's mm -hmm. caught, guilty. Mm -hmm. And they were gonna stone her because this is what the law says. And Jesus says, as he's written to these, he says, who's, you know, without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. You pointed out interesting that all of them left and the only one qualified to throw the stone was still with her. Yep. The yep. one who'd never seen it. According to the law, Jesus should have thrown the stones. He According to his right. own statements, because he should he have not thrown failed. the stones. He had not failed. Right. right. So what, what stones did he throw? They weren't the Grace, physical stones. Mercy and Grace, forgiveness, mercy, forgiveness, right. and correction. That's what he did. And let me say something that you might find interesting. The Old Testament was giving graphic pictures of the reality of spiritual, eternal things. Yep. And when the death penalty was put on a practice, if you'll do a thorough study of the tendency of that practice, it was a practice that held such a grip on people that they seldom repented of it, therefore it brought death. So God is saying to the people in the Old Testament, in that day, he's saying, if you live there, it brings death. So in showing the effect of that, they did it in a literal sense to illustrate that with its adultery, disrespect, of authority leads to destruction and death. Therefore, it brings death. So I'm illustrating it. But Christ now shows you that he took all of that. Mm -hmm. He took the total punishment for that awful thing in himself to set you free. And that is what he does. And that is what we offer now as new people living in the age of promise. And the promise has come, Christ in us, the hope of his glory being revealed through us to an earth in darkness. You appreciate what Randy's been seeking to do and the effort he's put into it. <laughs> I'm grateful for the journey you're on. And it's, it's, a, it's a very in-depth study of the Word of God where you can see it clearly and you move into this bright day, the age of promise. Randy, we were just referring to what you've seen. Mm -hmm. And it's not, a, it's not a sight that you can easily walk away from. No. We have seen on the mission field the people that are dying. Some contaminated water, some starving, malnutrition. But we've also seen people destroyed, being used, being sold, or moving into a life of total bondage and destruction. And only love can set them free. And that's what we do together, watch. I think you're gonna release this river of life and love. And I think you're going to rejoice to do it. Watch. Uh, <laughs> 
tôi phải tha từ thời ca nắng tới thời ca hộp tóc lực hộp ấy ấy nhiều hãy tới việc đặt nằm nhưng mọi đêm hãy ngập lắng ngập lắng kê thở ấy nhưng mày ไปพงคลายพงให้หอมมัดแผดเคยเตี้ยยังแท้บ่ชลนี่ไอ้ไอ้เวียนี่เตอให้เก๋ไว้ยงมาเป้ยงมาตะตูกเหี่ยวไว
Could you make a $1,280 gift, a $1,280 gift? I believe you can. Some of you can. You say, I can. Well, it'll immediately be doubled, and you'll not just rescue 10 but 20. So this last week right now, would you please go online, dial the number, take your bank card, go get it, write the number down. By the way, if you say, I can't make the call right now, write it down, go get the card. If you write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us it's coming because we're going to let the missionaries know. Here's what we, God's people, enable you to do. Setting people free. We, do, we have some gifts to bless you, but you are giving freedom to someone in desperate need. Thank you for doing it. Innocent children and young people longing to be loved and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to warn children vulnerable to sex traffickers. You can help rescue those already enslaved. And you can help restore young lives and give them a future. And now, a generous opportunity of a $320,000 matching gift means your gift of $128 to help rescue a child will be matched to help two children. Your $64 gift will be matched to help rescue one child from the horrors of human trafficking. And a $32 rescue gift will be doubled to $64. With your gift, we'll send you the Age of Promise. Randy Robison reveals 10 promises woven through all of Scripture that will transform the way you view God, yourself, and others. With your gift of $128 or more, you'll receive the Prayer is Powerful wood plaque. This unique Scripture art piece is printed on premium birchwood, a beautiful reminder of the power of prayer. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280, which will now help rescue 20 children and you may request the beautiful Bridge of Faith framed canvas print. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online. Well, Betty and I just joined with our son Randy and say thank you so much. Um, I think that you'll find so much of the Word come alive as you read the Old Testament really come to have even a greater effect and impact and greater appreciation for it. And then if we'll together live in the age of promise, I just think you're going to find that it's joy unspeakable, full of glory. That's what we want. And Betty and I just say thank you. Thank you for setting captives free. Thank you for loving people. Thank you for watching the program, but not just watching. Thank you for being an expression of the life we seek to present every day, life today. Would you join us saying thanks to our son, Andy. Thanks for your journey. Thanks for what you're learning. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for helping. And thank you for helping so many people all over the world. God bless you. He's blessing through you.
The pain can make us believe that we don't want to go on. Learning how God can use your pain to benefit others. Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.